Welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. Ward. And I'm Steve. Yeah, Mike's not able to make it uh, to record with us today. So apparently this week in Hobby is going to be a little bit light. So we don't have Mike, so that's like half of this segment is just gone immediately. Even though there's still four of us. (laughs) Yeah, but on the bright side, we don't have him bullying us for being motivationally challenged. So that's true. That's good. Yeah. Until he listens to the episode and then... He will listen to the episode. Does he, does he listen to the episode? He does, but he'll... Sometimes. So maybe we'll... <laughs> maybe we'll... Maybe we'll catch him in a week where he doesn't listen and we can get away. So don't say don't listen to this episode, Mike, because then he will listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So just say nothing at all. Exactly. Yeah, have you seen Mike? Continue ignoring Mike. Gotcha. <laughs> this sounds like a horrible plan. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, well, any comradeship. Anyways, I don't think I did anything. I built some models. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is off to a great start. Well, and I don't really come out or count commission work as really doing anything because it's okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. We kind of need as much as we can possibly get. Well, I've been working on some convergence for a guy. I've been, I've been working some guy's cock pretty hard. <laughs> nice. I can see why you didn't want to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> convergence of Cirrus is the name of the army. C-O-C. Yeah. In case it was. Yeah. Funny story. Uh, Private 2 Press's website actually nullifies on their forums when you just have C-O-C. Yeah, their their filter actually filters out the name of their own army. Uh, The acronym of their own own (laughs) army, to be fair. What if you do capital C, lowercase c? Doesn't matter. Oh, it's case insensitive. That's that's really bad. (laughs) Yeah, they don't care about the size of the cock. They just want it gone. Oh, Mm, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan, what about you? I played a lot of video games and spent a lot of money. Woo! Nice. I'm guessing it was MechWarrior. No, don't talk about it. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> War, what do you do? Work's been awesome, so I've been able to clean a bunch of Infinity models and drop zone models. Nice. So that's been all right for me. Can we play a game this week with your clean models? I don't know. Mike Mike asked me to, well, with I also dropped a bunch of money on Armada because Wave 1 finally got released. Oh, yeah. It was already pre-painted, though, so you'll be good to go with so, that. So, yeah, that's already set up. And... <sighs> put together and everything. Except for the so. fighters, which Mike has been painting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so Mike pictures. is prolific. Good Yeah, God. did you see? Oh, yeah. They look cool. They look pretty sweet, actually. I got that really hilarious song, Blue, stuck in my head when I saw him. But. You say Amadi Abadai, that one? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I know, right? <laughs> it sucked. So I've been building models and building Armada. Thanks a lot, Mike. Mike. to play Armada <laughs> this week, so we'll see what happens. It's Infinity. We're doing Infinity. Because I don't have any Armada. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of Armada. So Actually, we'll talk about what we're going to play this coming week. A little later. We'll set something up. Okay, that's it for me. I made fun of you for only cleaning models. I guess I kind of win because I actually put them together. Oh, that, yeah, yeah I, that uh, works. I put together a whopping nine models. I put together wow. four Reverend Moiras, uh, four Jaguars, and one Reverend Custodier. Something like that. I'm guessing this is Infinity? Infinity, yep, my nomads. So I have an actual 300-point army, now I just gotta paint it. And I also ordered my bases, so I actually have a legit, no-excuse Infinity army. Are you gonna glue your models to the bases? 
Yeah, but not <laughs> the new ones. I will finish them on the old bases and then snap them off and glue the new ones. I was trying to bait well, you into well. saying something that we'd have to filter out again. But moving on. Oh, um, oh. I'm really I, happy if you bait him to say things that he has to, that you have to filter out later because it's work that you have to do. That's true. I'm going to say also, last episode, don't remember a lot of it. So it, could be, it might be slow connections on my part. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's a surprise to no one. But moving on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So... Next bit will be Shut Up and Take My Money, which apparently, Dan, you've got something for. Yeah, there is all kinds of shiny new things to talk about. Uh, Forge World, they had the big um, opening of Warhammer World, grand yep. reopening. Yep. And so they revealed a whole bunch of new stuff. There's a bunch of the new um, book five of the Horse Heresy is going to be... So um, if you like Ultramarines and Word Bearers, it's your jam. Yeah, and I happen to really, really like Word Bearers. So there is definitely some cool new stuff coming out for them. A lot of new Ultramarines coming out first. Like yeah. they are getting, what do you think about uh, they're Reboot? getting robot girly man? What do you think about Reboot? Eh, not my favorite of the Primarchs. I'm yeah. a little surprised that yeah. he has the six pack on the outside of his armor, Blood Angel style. I could have done without that. Yeah, but the old. Do you see the upgrade pack they had for the Ultramarines too, with like the weird scully face thing going on? I yeah, don't get that. That's a new sculptor. There, I don't know. That reminds me a lot of some of the old, um, the Mark One veterans Space Marine box that had. Some kind of questionable derp face guys. And yeah, stuff. I wasn't a fan of it either. So, I, I had a feeling like the new the new Ultramarines. I had this this idea that would be super clean, like very codex, if that makes sense. Very like standardized and but actually, angular. In a lot of the artwork for the Ultramarines, because they were so large and they had so much of their own manufacturing process and everything in the heresy. Yeah, that makes sense. In in a lot of the old um, heresy artwork, they have kind of their own unique marks of armor, which they are actually coming back to so there is some continuity with like the old saber saber miniatures collectible card game i believe which was where a lot of the horse heresy artwork was first really substantially developed in the modern era oh it's good to know actually so they're know that. coming full circle to that but the downside of that is a lot of the third-party bits manufacturers have made helmets and bits based off that artwork and some of them look better than the forge world ones that doesn't so. actually bother me <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's gonna be a legal battle somewhere out there but uh that- it is games workshop that doesn't bother me at all that there would be a third-party manufacturer that made something that GW can't compete with. Like, I like that healthy sort of... Compet- it would be almost like a, if somebody made something for Marvel that was better than what Marvel did. They would license out that IP in a reasonable fashion. It's not like DC's done that anytime soon. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually don't have a problem with that, but I, I'm sure there'll be a lawyer somewhere that does. <laughs> Fair enough. And in the meantime, it's more things that I don't need to buy because they don't look particularly awesome. But the word bearers they showed off, among other things from the Heresy preview thing, I like the oh giant new Titan. But um, they yeah, showed let's off. Let's not glaze over that. You just <laughs> stepped over that like for really super fast. Well, that's because I know I'm not gonna get it, and it's shut up and take my money, and that's mm, that's okay. not that's like beyond the realm of possibility. I think. Yeah. Fair but, enough. Fair um, enough. But it looks like there's going to be another. Uh, word bearers unit in the style of the Galverback, the possessed. Yeah. So the guys on the big like forty mil bases, like bursting out of their armor and stuff, looked about a thousand times better than any of the official GW possessed. Like <laughs> not official, but like mainstream GW possessed. That seems like so. it would be very hard to do and get better than those <laughs> plastic models. Hey, great. to be fair, those plastic models were an infinite improvement on the previous metal. Oh, the metal ones? The metal ones that were on oh, shelf for like a couple of months and then yeah. got vanished. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we don't make a bad model set. Jay, what about these? Okay, yeah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty horrible. And it, it, it pre- actually, to be honest, the glory days have been arguably 
the most reliably shittiest models the Games Workshop has ever produced. You know what? The thing that really uh, Possessed from Mordheim were pretty terrible. I was going to say the Possessed from Mordheim actually were really good. Relatively, the entire yeah. warband was good, but the actual Possessed models themselves were the, pretty questionable. The huge okay. googly eyes and the like massive yeah, chest. I thing. don't know why Chaos has googly eyes, but Chaos <laughs> has googly eyes. And he did not. You could paint googly eyes if you wanted to, like they had on the box art, but you definitely didn't need to. And they're like the, that pose. You did have a crab hand. I don't know what it was. Starfish hand, and then the tentacles. <laughs> That Possessed was better than any Possessed they've ever done. It doesn't mean it's good. We, we're establishing the fact that all of but their like, Possessed models suck. These, uh, possessed, these models are on like par with the mutants from Futurama. <laughs> like, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a, not a good thing. I, I wanna, I'm going to go on the record and say I like my Possessed from Mordheim. That's the reason I bought one of the Warp. Well, other than the fact they have the... The KKK guy, let's be honest here. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, Warp. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Shut Up and Take My Money being Forge World Airbrush Paints. Yes. They that got, sounds interesting. They got released at Warhammer World. I went to the Forge World site. They're not up on there yet. yet. Hopefully they will be. So So why are they so much better than anything else? Why are you so excited about them? Well, I want to try them because, I mean, the airbrush paint ranges are relatively limited right now. And so some of the Heresy Armies, as an example, have psychotically hard-to-mix paints. Like the Sons of Horus, weird Green. grayish, greenish, bluish, turquoise-ish. There's a Sons of Horus green. Yeah, so that's just hmm. a pot you can buy. <laughs> hmm, interesting, okay. Yeah, okay. so... And I'm, the initial reviews are sounding good, too, from what I've read. Not a lot of reviews, but the people who have sprayed a bit of it saying it flows really well. Sprayed a the bit. The colors don't require a lot of mixing. Like, it just sounds good to go. <laughs> Easy there, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. Did Tom they, just sprayed did a little see, bit. Did you see the price point for these? Paints? No idea because they're not available for sale on the website yet. So the only who knows? Se- so the you're only excited about it because it's got the Forge World label and the fact that you can buy weird colors. It's it's the colors. So there's going to be more colors compared to existing. Did they announce how many? It looked like a full like GW size paint rack. Probably so like it's previous like a hundred paints. No, not that many. Maybe not a hundred, but I could see it being fifty plus. Like it was no substantial, way, including, really? including transparency, metallics, you name it. Yeah, transparency. Yes. So they're doing ghost tints. Yeah, effectively. That's what it looks like. Okay, I get a little more excited the now. The only downside I can possibly see so far is that they appear to be the exact same bottles as the Forge World Weathering Pigments, which are the same bottles uh. as P3 paint, so they don't have the dropper bottle. Airbrush paints are the one time I advocate for a dropper bottle. Because it's so much easier to get it into the cup of your spray gun. Yep, I agree. I, I concur. So that's like the one potential I was, I'm really surprised they're going to do that many paints, because like their Forge World weathering powders are about good, a, but they're only like 10 of them? There's about no, a dozen, no, I think, no. in there's each set, and there's two sets. There's two, two sets, sets, but I thought there's, they were I think each... there's one smaller set and one set that was like 10, so I think it's around 16 Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It was about where I was thinking it was. But it's, yeah, it was like a full paint rack. Some of them were doubled up for the main, like, That's what I expected. Colors, I expected them to do, like, the... Uh, I didn't see a single... I didn't see a single flash color in my quick browsing of somebody's, like, cell phone photo of the paint rack. So it appeared to all be like military armor style, like realistic muted colors. So, so like they're the really going with the Vallejo model air. Seems like it, except with a, except with a handful of paints that are custom mixed huh. for Space Marine armies and other things that you can't readily get without mixing. That's gonna be interesting. I actually do want to see that. Yeah, yeah it's cool. I really, really hope it's something you can at least get off the website. You know what I want? Pray to God they can get it from the stores, but I'm not gonna hold out hope for that. That salamander green that they spray on all their uh yep, horse hair. It's like a dark I want that. It was like a dark foresty green that's like somewhere in between like the dark I angels really and like the catachin greens of old. Uh that would be that would be my I believe they just called it salamander green. 
So. Well, that's super easy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's hopefully it, li- hopefully it lives up to those early expectations. I know we kind of stole words thunder a little bit well, here, but I just said that I, I was excited it, for so. it too. I'm glad you remembered because it completely slipped my mind. But that sounds awesome. Can't wait to try it. All right, Steve, what do you got? Well, uh, since everybody's on the GW train, I'll continue on. Uh, I'm in for the Catafron Destroyers. Those things do look yeah. intense. Is that the Johnny Five track mobile? Like, <laughs> sure. Kind of things. Yeah, they're the only with a grav cannon. Yeah, they're the full-on okay. armored servitors of description in many books. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. They've been in like five novels, I think I've read, where they've they've mentioned them. Well, certainly lately. <laughs> yeah, they're in, they're in a lot. Almost of things. like they knew they were going to be coming out. <clears throat> Well, no, they were in. They were. They go back to like second ed. They've been. Were they not thing. called Praetorians before? Yes, they were. Uh, n- I'm not sure because they never really described the Praetorians in Mechanicus. I thought they had legs, That's not a, yeah, I don't tracked know. vehicles. I, can't I know remember. they certainly. As far I as I know, Praetorians being the much more heavy, bulky. You're right. They might have been like bipedal, but I don't know. Either way, they do go back a ways. See, I imagine the Praetorians being like the Catafron Destroyer, except bipedal, like just bulky, huge servitor, combat awesomeness, but had a degree of uh, uh, autonomy, if that makes sense. Like, they have a little bit, like, Romeo from Mechanicum that actually gets to think a tiny bit. Um, whereas these, I think, are just, like, heavy gun carriages that happen to be made of part human. <laughs> Not very much human. No, and, I mean, they look like what I imagine Mechanicum should look like. Like, they are the stereotypical perfect model that I want for Mechanicum. Yeah, and the thing that really gets me going, too, is they absolutely fill out a 60 mil base. Yeah. And it's three to a pack for a very reasonable price point. Like, I don't understand how you get those, what are those? Uh, the, the, uh, the, the walker. Strider. The yeah, ba- the Strider. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm not going to buy one because I can't afford $50 for the One that looks points. like a Sentinel with extra Orky bits on it? No, that's the, uh, that's the Dune uh, Crawler. Onager uh, Dune Crawler, yeah. Which is actually... We're talking uh, about the big cavalry-looking thing. It's the thing oh, on the... Where it's riding, like, the Chicken Walker type. Yes. Chicken Walker with the Servitor bolted to it, and then the guy on top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Dune... Dragoon something. Dune Strider? Dragoon something Dragoon. Dragoons. Dune Strider Everybody, Dragoon. that's how excited we are about that model, is well, that no cool, one knows its name. it's it's so expensive. Well, yeah, and the thing is, it's not even that it's so expensive, it's 50 points. So you spend literally a dollar a point. More. You, it's more? Yeah. It's $58 each. Oh, wow, there you go. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing is it's, you probably want to have two units of them of three. So yeah, they are the one thing in that codex that seems to be pretty overpriced. Whereas the Catafron, the Skatari, everything else seems reasonable. The Doomstalkers or Doomstalkers. Doomstalker. Doomcrawler. But the, the heavy infantry guys on the 40 mil bases. Oh yeah, assassiny uh, looking guys. Uh, I actually <laughs> they have really weird names that I'm not familiar with yet. But they, they have the really cool, cool close combat rules. Uh, ooh, this is where's great radio. <laughs> <laughs> Those Can't ones. Names. No, actually, I'm really excited for the Catafron Destroyers. I'm going to pick uh, some of them up because I've been threatening to do a contingent for my knights. But the problem is, is there's another thing that I want to throw in for <laughs> my shut up and take my money is the new knight codex and one of the new knights because I really want the guy that can throw tanks. <laughs> yeah, being able to just, like, you know, table flip and throw land raiders around and stuff, just, that sounds cool. Yeah, and some of the new formations for them are really cool. Like, the are unit they- of three of them, where they're actually a unit of knights. Like, you can't target just one. You get the full unit in close combat. Like, unit coherency and everything? Yeah. The four inches unit coherency, like a vehicle squadron. But that's also got a really... Uh, makes it really cool for abusing certain psychic powers, like uh, invisibility on all three knights with one spell. <laughs> oh um... 
So there's there's we a lot. We knew of, there would be a catch. No, but that's the thing though. Is in all honesty, if you're going for a tournament style list and you're playing Eldar, invisibility on all three of your knights, not a bad thing. Yep. So, anyways, I'm excited for mostly the Cataphron Destroyers because I actually want to paint them, but I also think I'm going to probably pick up a knight. Another one. Four. I'll have four. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, I didn't really have a shut up and take my money coming into this podcast, so I went on the Table Topic? Or table tabletop top fix. fix. It's a great website if you guys haven't seen it before. It has... More or less everything new that's coming out for any manufacturer, any manufacturer on the planet, all listed for you in one spot. Yeah, everything from preview picks that they put up on their Facebook pages, Kickstarter update updates. It's a more model centric Bell Lossels. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. It's it's pretty awesome. So there's like maybe a dozen updates a day. You can just waste hours and hours scrolling through there, getting caught up. I highly recommend it. It's yeah. fantastic. And so I was tabletop scrolling, fix. Tabletop fix. If you're at work and don't want to work. There you go. <laughs> Solved. Yeah. Anyways. Increasing of productivity. <laughs> so I was scrolling through, and I've got this real soft spot from back when I played D&D for owlbears. For some reason, they've just always captivated me as, like, the dumbest thing on the planet that I can't stop loving. I think you're correct in that assessment. I also uh, would have accepted The dumbest Highlander. thing on the planet? I also would have accepted Highlander. Especially the sequels. Incredibly stupid, but I can't say no. I also yeah. would have accepted... You can't stop... I just can't quit you, Highlander. I also would have accepted Cat Toothbrush. <laughs> that's something you can actually safely Google. Yes, yes, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Google cat tooth, well, actually, YouTube cat toothbrush yeah. and enjoy. So, anyways, <laughs> there's a new model coming out from Otherworld Miniatures uh, of a new owlbear. And traditionally, the owlbear models have been really weird proportions and actually not that great. This one looks awesome. So, I'm quite excited about it. You know it. what? I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm happy for you. <laughs> and that's what I'm gonna leave it at. <laughs> yeah. But I do kind of want to briefly touch on the Mechanicum stuff, because I've been very, very happy with more or less all the models that have been coming out, and it's made me want to play 40k again. The only problem is that I don't really have the time or the money to put into an entire army of 40k. Would you say we're moving into the second period here? I would say we are. This This, is the second period? This is the segue. So, one of the problems that we've been having is the fact that 40k is so expensive, and a lot of us aren't really that keen on the full rule set for the game these days. With all the formations and hijinks and Lords of War, and needing eight rule books to play, in there's our definitely game. a place for that. Uh, the tournament 40k is well, at least a month ago was still pretty good. But I agree, there's like my my tyranids, the list that I want to play for my tyranids. I honestly can't bring to it. Or the models, the armies that I built in third ed that I'd have to basically rebuy with models that I haven't already painted yet, just to get them back in the realm of competitive. I. I've got so many 40k models sitting on shelves, and if I want to do new projects, it's at least five, six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Dan mentions to me the other a little while back about Zone Mortalis. Which I had actually written off, because I thought, uh, it's a weird little skirmish game. There's other skirmish games that are better. But then you guys started talking about it a little more seriously last week. And I didn't even originally know it was a game. I thought it was just these really cool boards that Forge World came out and called Zone Mortalis and expected you to play 40k on. Turns out they've got this great little PDF. It's what, like 19 pages? Yeah, that's what's so I don't even know it. if it's 19 pages. It's but. free. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> free. It is something from a Games Workshop subsidiary, which is free. Yeah, you can just download it right now and play Zone Mortalis. Now, admittedly, you will need a 40K rulebook. And a bunch of models. And, and a bunch some of models. kind of train to play it on. 
That's the one thing. A lot of terrain to play it on. You need a lot of terrain, but we came up with a well, not we. I included myself. No, totally steal the credit. Just take it away from Dan. Dan (laughs) came up with a brilliant idea of using. Well, for starters, I was saying using my AVP tiles when they came in because I spent way too much money on those resin add-ons and all kinds of other stuff to get the terrain. That's still a few months out. In the meantime, we all have copies of Space Hulk. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get you to. So if we're going to play these boarding actions and like these corridors and all kinds of other in stuff... In space, yeah. on a spaceship, possibly a Space Hulk... Yeah, we might as well <laughs> use the stuff we already have that costs approximately zero dollars to take out of the box and play on. And I mean, also, when was the last time you played a game of Space Hulk? Ever. Never. Yeah, so I've played like four games. It's fun, but four games is where I drew the line as I'll just play 40k now. <laughs> so... Yeah. I've got a set. You've got two, two sets. sets. I sold Ward one. has... Pretty sure I've got one full complete set, plus I bought extra tiles. Okay, so you've got one set. How Mike has a tiles? set. Someone probably uh, just wanted the models. Yeah. Like, okay. One of the GW stores had... I don't know, It was miscast models. They gave models to a guy, and then they had oh. extra tiles at one of their last auctions. So I was like, I'll buy those tiles. And well, that worked and out I, and I however won. many years later. Yeah. So we have, the, uh, the moral of the story is we have a lot of Space Hulk tiles. We've got a lot of 40k models that maybe might not be the most competitive things on the planet. But with the Zone Mortalis rules, I think we can make this work. Yeah. The biggest thing for me about it is that because it's playing in a spaceship, it takes all of the or crazy... Or under the sea. Or whatever. Or whatever. Any a kind confined of, space. Any kind of conf- confined space where you have impassable terrain outside of your corridors. You... Yeah. All of a sudden... It goes back to the 40k of Third Ed, where Dreadnoughts and Carnifexes were big and scary. Yeah, but that's also one of the rules that, that we have to mention here is the Force Org chart is vastly different. You cannot take any model uh, over a... Anything, over four inches anything wide. beyond four inches wide, yeah. including base size, because it physically can't fit exactly. on the Zone Mortalis boards that Forge World makes. So no Land Raiders, no Knights, no Wraith Knights. Nothing larger than a 60 mil base or like a Rhino. Yeah, so the biggest models you're going to get is a Wraith Lord. He's going to be the most yep. devastating you know, model out there. I, there's probably, I'm sure somebody's thinking... If you play a big enough game, you could put a Primark in there. Because that'd be fair. <laughs> I think, but isn't it limited to 500 points? No, um, it's, it's not, not limited, but it's rec- kind of recommended for smaller oh, scale Oh, I didn't games. know that, okay. Like, like, the four sword charts are a little bit smaller for your maximums, and the compulsories are, the attackers are one elite and one HQ, and the defenders are one troop and one HQ. And that's the thing, though, that I like about it, is you can, as long as you sort of, you know it's going to be not a tournament game. And the, yep. the entire point of that is, okay, you know what would be really cool? A unit of Space Marine Terminators, Space Hulk, fighting a Tyranid Menace, but I don't want to play with just Gene Stealers. Let's see what Lysander, some Terminators, can do attacking a Tyranid brood ship with Swarm Lord and a bunch of Rippers and Gene Stealers. And on top That's of that, cool. they have this really neat mechanic in the game where yeah. anything Strength 4 or higher becomes rending. So all of a sudden you're basically... Except basic- against guys with 2-plus armor or the Void-hardened void armor rule. So Terminators, because they're designed for this type of a boarding action, are a little bit more resilient. And I just Space thought Marines, something. Wait a second. Of course. Me, okay, go ahead. Let me just finish it. Yeah. And Space Marines are actually cooler because Bolters are really good at tearing things down. And Flamers are all of a sudden, holy shit, amazing. Because Blast and Template weapons also gain Shred in the confined spaces of Zone Mortalis. I was going to say one so of the things. So Rending, Reroll to Wound, Flamers. Space Marines, I'm points. pretty sure, have Void Hardened Armor. No. Uh, because I know... Some units of, of Forge World 
um, Marines do, like Breacher Marines. Gotcha. Specifically have it. So the all, heavy support Marines with all the heavy weapons specifically have it. So one of the lists that's been left behind because nobody's updated it and uh, has really kind of struggled has been the Corsairs from uh, Forge World. The uh, Red X's? I don't know who that is. That's the really terrible studio army of the Huron Blackhearts like Corsair. Oh, Red one of my Space biggest beefs. Well, they just no. painted red X's over top of the Imperial Aquilas. No, definitely not those. I meant the Eldar <laughs> Corsair list. That's what I thought you Doom might of Mimera, yeah. because they've been left behind. They don't have all the cool new rules of Craft World Eldar and awesomeness, but they have void-hardened armor, and it would be really fun to do a Corsair uh, yeah. list with their 4-plus non-rendy awesomeness, which could be... Yeah, make them actually a, not bad. We make them a little bit more resilient, that's for sure. And I can also afford to do a Corsair army because we'd only be playing 500 points. Well, and this is just <laughs> it. If I want to do Mechanicus, I can. Yeah, because yeah, it'll only cost a couple hundred bucks instead it's a of couple, being a of couple thousand. It's a couple of squads, not an entire army plus all your vehicles and options. Yeah, I mean, the kicker is it's ideally we're playing up to 500 points. We could do this at 300 points just as easily. Could? Yeah, still, could. 300 taking, points is low. Taking an elite and an HQ for under 300 would be pretty touch and go. But, but you also don't have to have an attacker. You could do the... It's true. Un- some, of, some of the missions are neutral, yeah. Yeah. And there, that's the thing, too, is there's a whole breadth of missions and deployment rules. There's all kinds of content in that 13-page document that you can download from Forge World. Yeah, and we all have lists, what we were talking about, we're lists. We all have armies that we can turn into a decent uh, force. And the nice thing about this is, again, it's not you know amongst this group that nobody is going to, uh, you know, there's nothing on the line. Nobody's going to bring anything absolutely out of control. There's that social contract of, okay, don't bring a seer council. <laughs> like, that's just not cool, dude. Uh, so I'm going to play some rippers and maybe, I don't know, death leaper. Cause that's hilarious and awesome. And would be a phenomenal boarding crew in the fluff and against a unit of tactical Marines. That would be sweet. Because again, you know, you just you can't snap fire at him, so you're just trying to shoot him with bolters because he's a shadow. Like that's sweet. And he's it, not out of control. It's just be it would be actually I could use him, and it wouldn't be a liability. And it gives us a format to play with the toys that we know and love. Uh-huh. Like for me, that's the biggest thing. Is I have no interest in playing large scale 40k anymore because it would mean buying a whole new army and not using the toys I already have. Yeah, and the nice thing about this... Because they just don't work in the new edition. And let's say, I, I agree that you're just not, you're not into that, that's totally fine, but the thing about this too is for someone like myself, um, looking at, oh, you know what, those Corsairs are pretty cool, I can then pick up 500 points, play with them, have some fun, figure out some of their rules, and potentially add them into my Eldar, if maybe I want to do that. Absolutely. Or the Mechanicum, like you're trying to do, I can throw them with my Knights. And I always had the idea of doing, for one of my marine armies, do um, to represent in traditional 40k, you could use the rules for the um, Legion of the Damned, and then have Breacher Marines with the, oh, big, yeah. the big shields to represent their invul saves. They deep strike in, so it's like teleporting onto a boarding action. Like, And they can have a couple of special weapons, like a Graviton gun or whatever, just magnetize them for melters and flamers and stuff. You, your but, idea of doing the Breacher Marines as Legion of the Damned is something that's always appealed to me, because Legion yeah. of the Damned models, I don't Really like the Hell's Angels and Harley's Ghost Rider Rider without the bikes. Yeah, I don't like that (laughs) aesthetic. But I without even the Nicolas Cage. That's arguably a good thing. Let's (laughs) Nicolas Cage. But then you can't picture Nicolas Cage freaking out all the time. That's true. That is a great video. Um, But yeah, no, I want to do a unit of Legion of the Damned in my Salamanders. I've always meant to do them as Breach Marines. I just have my Salamanders are in that same state that you're talking about, where it would be so expensive to make them competitive. 
to do all the new models that I want that I've just never bothered. And it would still probably cost a hundred bucks to get a squad of Breacher Marines from Fortral, but a hundred dollars to rehabilitate an army is not out of the question. And we're talking about the same sort of investment at that point as doing, uh, in all honesty, like an Infinity Army. Like you do. It's still less to do Infinity. It can be. Uh, does some of the Infinity stuff's actually getting pretty pricey? Like if you do a couple of tags, but it's, we're t- uh, okay. We're <laughs> either regressing. Um, but either way, if it's if it's fifty to hundred bucks each to get a few add-ons to the models we already have and actually be able to use them in a format we enjoy, that's that's like a no lose situation. That's just good all around. So next week we're gonna try and have a maybe a couple games of the week. Yeah, we could try and get some Zone Mortalis in. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And the nice thing about this too is the Zone Mortalis tiles are absolutely beautiful, especially with the specimen pods and all the cool acrylic stuff that they have going on. So if you decide Zone Mortalis is your jam and want to have a really cool board. Well, we did the math. It's about 500 bucks to get a 3x3 three three board, which is probably all you need to play a small game. That's expensive. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> which it is expensive. I, I thought you were fishing for invites. If you have a board, invite me over. My name's <laughs> Sure. Steve. You know what? You know we, what? That's <laughs> our listeners. You got a board out there? Bring me over. I, I will totally play that. That'd be fun. Uh, but no, that's my point. Is if you really like this, you could pick up a board and go to town and make this your game. Yeah, and if you happen to have a board game like Space Hulk, like AVP will have the corridors and um, rooms and tiles and all that stuff, there's numerous other game systems out there that have these cardboard tiles that would be perfect for just playing a game on. So, yeah, yeah. Zomartalis seems actually pretty reasonable all of a sudden. Take a look, download the rules, let us know what you think. And don't, I think Zomartalis, there has to be one caveat here. You can break Zone Mortalis. If you want to be that guy playing Zone Mortalis, you can. D sides in Zone Mortalis <laughs> are not going to be kosher with most people. So, you want to make sure that you are aware that this is more of a step back to, you know, GW's role-playing roots and ensure that your opponent is maybe expecting what you're bringing. Forge an aggressive narrative. (laughs) Forge the hardest narrative. A little bit more of a beer and pretzels kind of game. Yeah, I think you can still be pretty serious with it as long as you're not being that guy. Or at least have the the discourse with the people you're playing against, with the dialogue where you're actually talking about what it is you're trying to get out of the game. So if you want to just have that game where you both try and break it, just make sure both of you are aware so that I, that's the game that's happening. I own nine D-Scythe Wraithguard right now, because one got stolen, so who's in for breaking Zone Mortalis? Who you guys want to play? My bolters will shred you, right? Yeah, yeah they you, will. You actually only can take... Yeah, that's right, because you can only take one <laughs> Force Orc chart, so I can't deep strike in or Webway Portal in my D-Scythe, so I actually have to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... And their Wraithguard... Won't fit. Their Wraithguard, I'll just throw a Farseer in there. They'll make it. <laughs> It'll be okay. Uh, and then the last real advantage I think worth talking about really ties into the fact that you are using fewer models. So I know that I've been really spoiled playing Malifaux or War Machine or these other game systems where you can paint up 20 to 30 models and be done. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't agree more. I'm, my mind is blown that I have 11 models in my Infinity Army, and it's like the, a tournament-size army. And so That's crazy. from a hobby standpoint, you can really put that time yeah. and effort in. I think this is something we've, we've beaten almost to death the same topic of the smaller game systems are really nice from a hobbyist perspective and i'm just happy that this is granted a little bit not quite games workshop but it is still games workshop giving us an option to play their games like this yeah without having to make all the rules ourselves dude you can do 10 iron warriors and it wouldn't like that wouldn't 
kill you. You could do that, have a few Terminators. This is a thing. I can use my Forge World Dreadnought that I painted up that yeah, I love, 100%. which has sucked so much cock in every game it's ever played of 40k. But the yeah. Plasma Cannon in Zone Mortalis is amazing because it basically doesn't scatter. Yeah, if you scatter yeah. through a wall, you just stop when you hit the wall. So it's really hard to miss. And then you get to reroll the wound. It's really not a bad because thing. Because the blast. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I mean, also, admittedly, you haven't played with that Dreadnought since he had Fire Frenzy, which he would do. I played a game against you with it. Let's just go back and tell a couple of war stories. I played a game where your two Dreadnoughts <laughs> ran up a flank and the entire game shot each other. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Like, literally didn't participate in the game because they just shot each other and didn't do anything. Yeah, that was actually the trick with Tom was when he took two Dreadnoughts, he'd make sure they had shooting weapons that couldn't hurt each other. Yeah. So that they wouldn't then kill each other. <laughs> yeah, I actually teched it in, and I'd run them beside each other so that they would be the fire frenzy target. Yeah, well, your plasma cannon could hurt you, but it was on a six, and it was like, eh, who cares? It was less likely than if they had last <laughs> yeah. cannons. Oh, way less likely. Yeah, no, for sure. The plasma cannon was the way to go. I loved your fire frenzy dreads, but now with the new codex and the way that... They're Elders still overmatched were, by everything else that's been released But in the you last won't five have years. to deal with the Wraith Knight, or an Imperial Knight, or a Land Raider. Like, they will be... Oh, awesome! In, in this yeah. game, except for maybe some of the most tooled out characters, which again, a tooled out character should forge a hard narrative and maybe kill a dreadnought. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I agree, especially because yeah. a tooled out character is going to be more than the 120 points that my dreadnought is. Easy, easy. A chapter master with uh, like shield eternal, like being an awesome space marine boarding total action. He's like what 200 points? Oh, at least yeah. So because that shield is 50. Yeah, and he starts, what, 125, I thought it was? Oh, something like that. Yeah. It's so. been a while. So that's, it's one of the rare instances where I don't have space Here's a question. points memorized. I'm pretty, sure he, I'm pretty sure he's about 120. Uh, can he call down an orbital strike while he's in the ship? Do we allow this? Only oh. if it can breach the hull and people start getting tossed out. Okay, house rules. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have void hardened armor, you just die. That sounds entirely reasonable. Or if your Space Marines are modeled with no helmet on. <laughs> they just die. They're just dead. Ooh, I love I it. I want to say right Calgar now. Calgar calls down an orbital strike and kills himself. I want to say right now, that is why all of my Space Marines have helmets, because you, you're in the year 40,000, you have the most advanced auto senses on the planet, you took off your, on the galaxy, and you took out your, off your helmet? Because they're badass. Only the characters take off their helmets. No, that's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb. Their eyes are better than any computer. That is also dumb. <laughs> tell, tell me, Legolas, how far? What do your elf eyes see? Like that? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, if Legolas was in the year forty thousand, he would get hit by a bolter shell and explode. Pretty sure. He <laughs> That's fair. Okay. I'm I'm super jazzed about Zone Mortalis. I'm glad that you guys are because you know I I kind of like forty k. I've I've heard that. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and maybe we all know that Ward would never paint. An entire. <laughs> I want to say though, this no, is, no, Steve. This is actually why I'm the most it. jazzed about this is because I can get Ward to play some of my salamanders. We'll have an absolutely awesome time, and Ward will be like, "Fuck, I have to paint up some some uh, uh, fists. fists." But it'll only be twenty models. It's true, and okay. you don't have to replicate any squads. <laughs> You're not helping because his Infinity Army is less than twenty models, and he hasn't even got one put together. No, I've got a bunch put together. Like three put together? How many? Yeah. At least half a dozen. Put together, not just cleaned? Yeah, put together. We can, we can play a game? Pri- well, they're not on a basis. They're on cork. <laughs> God damn it, they're <laughs> not put together then. We had this conversation. Again, last week was a bit hazy. 
you need to get them off court and put them on bases. Well, I'm ordering the bases in. I just messaged the guy. Oh, I think I remember this conversation yeah. exactly. We just them plastic had bases. This. It might have even <laughs> been on air. <laughs> <laughs> Parts yeah. of it were on air. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Absolutely. To uh, the third period. Third period, absolutely. So this week we're going to talk about painting competitions. And Steve, I think you had a really good segue for getting into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, painting competitions, I think, are something that a lot of people have a tough time jumping into. But I think inadvertently, a lot of people are exposed to painting competitions via tournament painting. Everybody unwittingly ends up in a painting competition when they play in a tournament that has um, painting requirements. Or, or a best presentation best award. Presentation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you see a lot of those armies out there that uh, are rushed or people are working to get to a deadline. But they get to that deadline. They finish painting their army. They kind of have something that's now tabletop quality or a little bit above. And uh, they get that time to spend now lavishing on some of the models in the army that they really like. So you've got a particular character model that you're really into. You spend that time you know, working on the phase, working on this axe, that kind of thing. Whatever it might be. Once you get to that point where you sort of lavish that attention on a model and you have that one centerpiece model that's, you know, quite a bit better than the rest of the army or whatever else it might be, what do you do with it? Like, where do you go from there? Do you go and try and test yourself against other people? What's the next progression for your painting as individual models progress? Well... Excellent question. Funny you should ask. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this is a topic of painting competitions. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty obvious that that's the answer here, is that you can actually, you can enter, enter, wow, I can't Enter. Enter. (laughs) You can enter them into a painting competition, which is individual models. So, But that's something that's died kind of locally. There's not a lot of people that are big about painting competitions locally, and that's kind of something that I think we want to talk about. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where I remember back in the day, um, when there was more of an active Games Workshop community, there would be more painting competitions through there. The company themselves supported them more when there was new models that had come out, or or for whatever reason, it was probably three. Yeah, or I think four you should mention like a more uh, company centric community where they were really Absolutely. promoting the hobby, and yeah, it was like, a great way to get people to buy new models. Yeah, you used to be able to, for example, like when you know the Tomb Kings came out, sort of a thing. I believe the painting contest in that case was, if I remember correctly, it was for that. Oh, uh, was that Chaos ca- like Warband campaign? We had to like randomly generate your army. It's kind of like Mordheim style, but anyway, if you like randomly generate your warband and painted it, I think oddly enough, the prize for that was a Tomb King's army because it was still fantasy. Wait, was that Path to Glory? I think that might have been the name. I remember generating the names of your warband leader. Oh, that was awesome! And you, they gave you the bits, like you got, and it was funny because it was right before. I don't remember. I remember having to buy miniatures. I had to buy the miniatures. (laughs) But I think yeah. you got to like roll in a bunch of charts, generate your warband, whatever. And I painted a bunch of weird beastmen and stuff that never saw a gaming table. But I got my first taste of Camry when I won a Camry like army box or battalion or whatever it was. So the first painting competition that I entered was the um, what would have been fourth ed Warhammer Fantasy, where they had the orcs and empire. What, no, it wasn't fourth. That was it would six. Have been sixth. That's right. So they had that orc with the crazy two cleavers. Yep. That was one of the GW ones where they you would go in, get a star set model painting competition and i remember that shelf being absolutely rammed with orc models like there's probably i'd say 60 70 models in there between the two shelves in that uh that painting cabinet that's like yep. half a squad in the new edition yeah i know but i mean you have 60 70 local people coming out for a painting competition that was really cool that was really really cool and they were great because they would always divide it up between the young bloods and the old kids 
Yeah, they really had a really big uh, community-focused uh, component for giving out prizes to who deserves... Like, obviously, 12-year-old kid is not going to have the same skills painting as a 25-year-old guy, even if they're starting from the same standpoint. Like, there's just a different level of expectation. So I, I really like the way they did that. And I think that's something that's kind of gone away from the GW community. So I think people are, are kind of either losing that or going elsewhere. So in this sort of more modern painting competition era, where would you guys go to look for painting competitions or where, what would you sort of recommend? I like that entry level painting competition. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody that's gone from what I was talking about where they've just finished that tournament army. Yeah. They are now got their character model. They're really proud of. They want to get some feedback at minimum or go further. Well, I know some of the tournaments locally and it's not reliably every year. But some tournaments will have associated painting competitions. Yep. Uh, I know the only one that sticks out as it's happened every year that I can remember is for War Machine uh, at May Day. There is um, a separate painting award for a battle group that you can enter that's not in one of your lists mm-hmm. where they, that is judged as a painting competition. Okay. Uh, totally separate from the tournament. I know Out of the Basement's done them before. Uh, yeah, we've tried it a few times, but it's one of those things where locally the the meta I guess has kind of shifted away from these local painting competitions so it's never really had the same turnout that the old games workshop ones used yeah we get like 10 models the f- at most yeah in. the first onslaught or a uh, couple was like that too where it was just uh, it was like secondary thoughts about running a painting contest and you just never had the turnout guys were more focused on playing the games which is understandable it's a gaming tournament yep. and the painting contest secondary right so that yep. got scrapped kind of early on and just focused about the tournament itself. I'm not sure if, if uh, Team OP ran it this year. I actually couldn't make it out to their event this year. But I know uh, they've done it in the past. They've done it before. Um, they actually had quite a good uh, turnout. Like, I remember the February fracas you were talking about earlier actually had a decent turnout. There that was, one wasn't bad yet. because That again, was still, like, eight years ago. Yeah. the I think the most reliable one right now in the Edmonton area would be the Golden Goblin that Kingsway puts on. I think it's usually every February... And uh, goes on for different like groups. Uh, so they got different categories. They got the young bloods. They got the old gets. All of that good stuff. Um, I want to say late February, and then you can basically pick and choose and paint up what you want. And they got like staff categories as well. So you by being a uh, entering a model, you get a vote on the staff competition as well, and go from there. And those are always fun. Yeah. That was yeah. every bit as much a popularity contest and a screw you contest as it was a painting contest. Those were neat. The big thing is though, they, they later on they mentioned like, oh yeah, you don't know who painted what model. You yeah, but they know. You can tell. They know. <laughs> yeah. We, no. We've all been part of the staff painting competitions. We know. You can tell. <laughs> exactly. But um, no, I, I think that would be the most reliable one still in the area. And I mean, they've, some years they've had over 100 entries. And such, right? In so, recent history? Re- probably in the last like three years, I would say there was at least one with, with wow. over 100 models. So That's it, awesome. It just depends on how well it gets promoted and, and goes out there and and people know about it, right? So Because they give you typically at least a good month leeway ahead time and you paid something up, put it in, or again, if it's something that you painted up throughout the year, I'm sure you can still enter it. They just don't want any models that have already been entered into an event. That is the big thing for them. And that's a relatively standard rule for a lot of painting mm-hmm, competitions. Absolutely. Where if it's been entered somewhere else before, it's disqualified from entering again. Or at the very least, if it's been entered in that competition, like six months or a year prior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's maybe not so good to enter. Sometimes those rules can be a little tough to enforce, but you'll 
in this day and age, you'll get called out on the internet yeah. somewhere. It's like, oh yeah, I've seen those models. Yeah, well, I oh, that hey, I sold those guy, that guy those models previously. Yeah, that Heard that happen once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> quite a bit. So yeah. once you've done sort of the, I guess, more local events, I, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, where would you guys go from there? Well, it kind of depends really on what game system you're doing. So back in the day for us, it was the Golden Demons of Games Day. Yeah. Was really the next step past all of the local ones. Because mm-hmm. we did... Up until about five years, six years ago, there was a Games Day in Toronto. I'm trying to remember what year. I know the last year. I'm going to go with, you said six years. I think it's there was probably a, more like eight or nine. There was a 2009 or 2010 one. Because that, that was around the era where I think the most recent of the trophies that I have was from around nine or ten. I've, Whenever I say something was only six years ago, it's usually closer to ten. I think I've got some <laughs> entry pins from 09, I want to say. Okay. 09, I can guarantee. 2010, I'm a little bit iffy on, but within the last five or six so years. So if you were a GW... I think 10, I got moved to Chicago, and Chicago was the only... So if you were a GW fanatic, you know, five years ago, I guess only, uh, you would have gone to a, GW, or, uh, to a Games Day event. And those, and they had game stays for every country for the most part. All like, all the good countries anyway. But <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> but they would have like your, you know, they had a, a couple in the states. They had Canada. They had like Russia, Germany, Italy. Spain, yeah. Italy, UK, France. Like they had. I think they've had Poland and some other... They've had tons. They basically had the G twenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think Poland's in the G twenty? <laughs> you know, I bet you they'd be pretty close. Um, they have a little bit of manufacturing. I also don't know for sure if Poland got a games day. I was yeah. just running out of I was running out of European countries that yeah, I, I would, I would know be for sure shocked exist. if they weren't in the G uh, but, were in the G twenty. But <laughs> uh, at least close enough that they can drive to uh, games day. Yeah, yes, faster, than, faster than we could drive to a games day. Easily. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, because once they got rid of the one the ones in like in the west coast, it was you're looking at three day drive. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean because games day LA did really well. <laughs> yeah, I still feel like if they had a Vegas one that they pushed hard, it would. Be every amazing. year, every year, I make that point. Games Day Vegas, I'm in. Okay, we're on a tangent again. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, anyways, so now that there's not a GW uh, sponsored event, well, there is. We got to go to the UK. Yes, so it does current, still exist under the current current Games Day air quotes format. They, Warhammer st- they did Warfam- Warhammer Fest last year, which is basically the same thing. It's a big um, like weekend event full of. Intro games and demo tables and uh, product seminars and yep. new release seminars and meet the author, meet the artist, which is all kinds of cool stuff. And had a painting competition on the yeah, side. and they still had uh, Golden Demon at that event. Apparently that might change this year based on some rumors, yes. but we're not going to qualify that or really push that. Yeah, well, so I was still going to. Okay. <laughs> because right, uh, we'll part some more of your cherry candy. <laughs> but um, so for the Warhammer World Grand Reopening type thing, one of the announcements was... There is going to be a Golden Demon on August 1st, and the theme is tanks. So what that means is the Games Day slash um, Warhammer Fest was generally run in late September. So it seems like um, Golden Demon, like we're not sure if it's going to be divorced entirely from Games Day, if it's going to be like a several times a year event at Warhammer World rather than being like, a Games Day Warhammer Fest event. In my mind, it's going to become more of that, like, local painting competition. Like, this week's theme is tanks. Have a tank painted up. That's partially what I'm a little concerned of. Like, when you have a splintered um, event like that with only a certain portion of the categories, like, there used to be people that would spend all year, they would work on, like, four, five, six entries, put, like, 40 to 100 hours each, really go to town on these things, and 
They could still paint their squadron, their individual characters for, like, a sci-fi and a fantasy. They could still paint a dreadnought if they want to. Like, they could do all of the above and have it all at one contest. Whereas now that's a little bit of a worry is obviously more details will be forthcoming, but we do know it is seeming to be a standalone event that's making a lot of people in the painting competition community pretty nervous because Games Day is and Golden Demon is one of the longest running events in that uh, gaming painting community. I mean, those date back to the 80s and 90s. Especially when it comes to the more specifically fantasy and sci-fi miniatures. Yeah. Because there's the IPMS have been around for years, yeah, too. There's always, like, Salute and the other, like, historical and, like, um, very realistic, not sci-fi or fantasy. But oh, like Salute's the- moving away from that. Salute's got a lot of, uh, like, I know Drop Zone Commander revealed their oh, yeah, the, as a entire uh, new expansion of Salute. Yeah, as a convention, a lot of those events are definitely taking off because it's just a great trade show, right? You get people from yeah. all corners of the hobby all in one place at one time. It's a great time to, again, run intro games, reveal yeah. new products, and get people amped about your whatever new new releases are. So yeah, you're But g- in terms of the painting contest, it was it was a huge, long-developed history there that is currently in a little bit of limbo. So and a lot of people are starting to look more seriously at some of these alternative... Uh, conventions and events like your Crystal Brush. Well, yeah, let's talk and, about Crystal uh, Brush right like now. So, Crystal Brush is completely game system or manufacturer agnostic. Uh, they don't care what you bring; they want you simply to bring the best stuff that you've painted. And I think they have a couple of categories. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure the specific ones off the top of my head, but what uh, the Crystal? Let's say I've just won a local painting competition, and I think I'm ready for the Crystal Brush. So one of the things that some of the competitions like the Crystal Brush do is that it's not just a matter of first, second, third done. Um, some of the more general painting competitions do actually have a gold standard where you will get some recognition for being at a certain level. So it's not that bad to take whatever you can do and take to something like the Crystal Brush. Just know that because it is system agnostic... It will be the toughest competition in the world. Especially when the Crystal Brush, one of their claims to fame, is the $10,000 grand prize for the overall winner. So you are pulling You're out... You're attracting a lot of people yeah, to like that model. The, the Slayer Sword was the best in show award from uh, Golden Demon. And so when you get something along the lines of a Crystal Brush, you are looking at multiple Slayer Sword winners traveling in from, from Europe, from the States, from Canada, from, from everywhere. Uh, to compete in this, because, I mean, if you win that trophy, you've more than paid for your round trip and accommodations very easily. And yeah. even the time spent painting, depending. Yeah, and for a lot of these people that yeah. are professional studio painters or commission painters at a very high level, that's a pretty huge thing to be able to put on your resume, is, oh, crystal brush winner. Yeah. So it is It is definitely going to be, like, soul-crushingly good competition, which... You might not be able to compete with that necessarily, but being able to see those entries in person, being able to meet those painters, talk to the judges who evaluate the work, and can really give you a good critique of where you're at and what you can do to help get you another couple of steps yep. further down the road to being one of those like super high-end competitors, that is invaluable. That is something that you are really going to struggle to get locally. Really quickly, uh, Mangle Miniatures. If you haven't followed that guy, uh, he does a lot of uh, competition painting, and mm-hmm. he goes through very specifically what he's been working on for the Crystal Brush. So if you want to get a sim- uh, an idea of... He did the Tomb King Chariot this yeah, year, Yeah, somebody step that's really, really aiming for what kind of level of... Uh, of I guess, process that you need to go through to start thinking about the Crystal Brush. 
that's a good jumping off spot. Uh, and I shouldn't say jumping off spot to mi- like minimize what he's doing. He's probably in the running for the actual prize, but he gives a very detailed breakdown of what he's doing. Uh, yeah, which that was a, that is kind was a very of, cool blog series. Yeah, very cool blog yeah, series. Really Not just because it's Camry, and I'm slightly biased. Yeah, Camry's awesome. Everybody, <laughs> everybody here has Camry except for Tom, maybe. Uh, I have some Camry models from like Fourth Ed. So everybody totally who is interested interested in Camry at some point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I just want to briefly talk about um, a few of the other events that there are, and then we can talk a little bit more in depth about motivations for going and that kind of stuff afterwards. Yeah. Okay. But I, uh, I think we should obviously say Crystal Brush is probably that is the top of the mountain. Yeah, top yeah, of the mountain. We should maybe really move away is. from that because I don't think even anybody. Well, I've I can that. guarantee you, there's no way in hell I'll ever win a Crystal Brush. Yeah. No, but I don't think anybody around this table ever would. Yeah, the odds of that are like infinitesimal. The people that enter that are. <laughs> On a different level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I will be taking a, it, at least one entry down to Lock and Load. Nice. Um, so I'm speaking of Lock and Load. Yeah, Lock and Load is the private to press equivalent of, equivalent of Games Day. Um, except they focus as much on gaming as they do on seminars. So it's a huge event. Um, to be fair, Games Day did have a huge gaming component as well. Like, there were games tables everywhere, and clubs had their game boards out. Like, but not gaming as, was always a huge focus Not as tournament-focused as Lock yeah. and Load. Like, Lock and Load is, like, your grand tournament and your games day and everything. All, and that's totally relevant. But games day and grand tournament used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, okay, that, that, now that's starting to touch on ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyways, so the moral of the story is that there is going to be a painting competition there. So I am excited to go down. And there's a couple different categories. There's small miniature, large miniature, diorama. Your typical. Pretty standard painting contest. And they have the same levels, right? It's not just first, second, third per category. They they have gold standard, silver standard, bronze standard. So you have to make a cut, first of all, and then you go from the second cut to the third cut to the final picks. Absolutely. But but if you have a certain number of worthy entries, they all will get their recognition. It's not just... If you have an amazing quality entry and it happens to be the fourth best one there, you don't get nothing. Like they do have the gold standard, the silver standard, you get the, the pin. standard, like the the old tool GW pin. I don't know what they get about it. Uh, lock. I'm pretty sure lock and loads coins. Oh, nice. You could totally ask April if she were here because she got one. I'm pretty sure it's a coin. That's awesome. But um, but yeah, so I'm going to be going down to that, and that's something. The standard there seems pretty similar to a lot of the old North American games days. So. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's still excellent standard. There's there was plenty of really cool looking models from the coverage from last year. It looks great, but it's not necessarily. There are some, but they're not all those entirely insurmountable. Why do I not even bother? Like crystal brush. You gotcha. <laughs> you know, like there. And you do I don't get, think I'll win, but there might be a chance if I. Pull that's the thing too. Talk to the that's another thing you should also mention too. If you spam every category, there can be a weaker category. The one that was always the GW weaker category. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Hit the Lord of the Rings. You probably are going to make at least or the first Or 40k cut. large. 40k large was a good one too. Uh, might have been. 40k large was a tough competition, but there was an easy way out, which is just paint a forge old dreadnought. Because top three every year. Guaranteed. I was going to say that might have <laughs> been the way. The number so one good. way to win was the Nurgle Dreadnought. Just not just any Forge World Dreadnought, but the Nurgle. Forge I was going to say that might have been the way it used to be, but I feel now with the way Forge World or GW is producing large models, it might change. But they haven't done that. In, you know. Yeah, but I haven't paid attention to yeah. the demons in like five, six years. Anyways. Yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll depend on the categories too. Like you were saying, like yeah, some some there's going to be way more entries because there's way more interest in those game systems or just the type of style. That yep. the game system holds uh, compared to lesser events. Such well, as I feel like an Imperial Knight conversion would be deadly. <laughs> yeah. And probably it wouldn't be the only one in the category. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that we were kind of hoping to talk about with these different competitions is maybe why it is that we specifically would go to one of these events and what we're looking to get from it. So I may as well start because we're segueing from lock and load, and that's what I am. And because you're to. a selfish person, right? That too. Go yeah. ahead, continue. Um, but I'm uh, when I <laughs> when I did go to the the Golden Demons, I kind of did that cop out of paying a forty k large, right? Like because I knew I wasn't at a point where I could enter a single fig and really compete. Sing- single fig 40k was the most numerous entry. Yeah, and and again, painting faces, everybody struggles with that because yeah. it's very difficult to pull that off to an extent that. What? Nothing. Go. He's just on. rubbing his nipple at your dog. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, there's a dog up there. Um, yeah, no, the painting the faces is is actually very very difficult to pull off to the standard of first, second, third, and 40k small. Yeah, and so one of the things that I'm trying to do this year is I am actually doing a single fig. Because I, I didn't try it last time, and I want to do it this time. So I, I'm working on that, and I am... So would you say you're pushing your comfort zone? I am. And is that a good thing? Now, typically what I would say is... Way to stick to the talking points, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> letter for letter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for me, a lot of it is finding ways to push your comfort zones while still finding things that you can specialize in. So I am doing a pirate model that I've done a whole bunch of... I've done a ton of these pirates before. So I'm relatively comfortable with, comfortable with the sculpts, with how I'm doing flesh for them, and I can try to take the, the process up a notch mm-hmm. um, and actually do a little bit more intricate t- tattoo work on his back. Um, but it's still something that's very representative of your established style and techniques. Exactly. And so I'm not going down like really expecting to be competing, but it's going to be nice to go down, and a lock and load specifically, when you go to pick up your model they have the judges there describing to you and telling you how they assessed yours and why it either did well or it didn't do well. And one of the things you have to, whenever you're at a painting competition, be able to check your ego at the door. Because the reality is... It's easy, because my ego doesn't fit through the door. No! No, Being able to take that constructive criticism, and I've reached a point where I haven't really... I haven't tried to push myself in a while, and I haven't had any really good feedback in a while, especially because I'm playing a lot of War Machine with other guys that don't paint the models. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... No snub there. paints his models but doesn't play. Exactly. <laughs> so it's... I'm really looking forward to getting a little bit of that real feedback. And the best part is, too, is that these guys don't know you. So it's a fresh set of eyes. It's a fresh set of eyes and they don't give a shit how, the, how your feelings are when they describe your model. Yeah, I actually agree. That was very much my experience. It's not the painting competition on the team we were talking about it, but the uh, Las Vegas Open, they sat down and discussed specifically what they were talking about, and they were like, yep, your whites could be could have more progression. And you know, one of the things I've always heard locally is that my, my white's very clean, very uh, smooth. That's one of my strong points. But they actually brought up the point that, you know, on this stage... No, you need to work on that a little better. There needs to be progression in your whites, and you need to spend time with an airbrush to actually figure out how that's going to work. And it, it was just like, oh, I didn't know. I had this idea that I painted white really well. Yeah, so to kind of sum it up for me, I'm going to, I'm trying to push my standard a little bit, because I haven't done that for a while, and I'm really hoping to get some real feedback to see what it is I can do to improve. Yep. And for me, that's more valuable than anything else. Yeah, and I think that's a really good way to look at it, too, is you don't go in it going, I really hope I win this. If you assume there's going to be people better than me, and I'm as long as I make that first cut, like, realistic goals. 
It's Realistic not about goals. the destination. It's about the journey. Well, I actually agree with that. You sounded really, <laughs> really like you're making fun of. It sounded like a car commercial, is what it sounded like. Yeah, it did sound like a car <laughs> yeah. commercial. And, but, but I actually a, agree with a very that. Very apathetic yes. car commercial. And something that. to really For keep a in Prius mind or something when it comes to painting competitions Priuses. is <laughs> Pri- every I? once in a while it has less to do with what you did and more to do with who else showed up that year. Yeah, like I've seen events where traditionally they had an amazing standard, but then one year. A bunch of the guys don't show up, and some of the some of the standards for what wins gold is a little bit lower. And sometimes it happens a little bit too, where if people are trying to game the system a little bit, where they go, "Oh, hey, there was a crap load of forty k entries this year for for single figure, not a lot of fantasy." A lot of those painters might strategically paint fantasy for the <laughs> next year, and so that all of a sudden there's twi- it's reversed, right? So that all the competitions in fantasy and forty k is left wide open. So it is kind of funny sometimes where gaming the system can really backfire because everybody else. Is game information. Yeah. So yeah, it can be kind of funny. That stuff has happened before. Where you have had years of like five realistic models to choose from instead of the usual 20 or 30. So Dan, are you planning on working on any painting competition stuff anytime soon? It's a little bit tricky for myself just because Games Day normally would have been the competition that I would go to. I've always wanted to go to a Games Day UK. Technically, very technically, there isn't a Games Day UK anymore. It would be Warhammer Fest, if anything. But um, for a long time, like my miniature painting and hobby career, as I guess you could call it, was very Games Workshop focused for the longest time. And even up until, I think it was two years ago, I technically did buy a Games Day UK ticket when it went on sale on the website, because they sell out super fast. It happened to be on the website, they weren't sold out yet, so I just bought one. And it was like, it's a few months in advance, if I happen to have the cash lying around, I'll buy a ticket and go out there. So that that is currently in limbo right now, but uh, something that I might consider doing personally would be entering more of um, one of the either Forge World Open Day competitions or something along the lines of the... It's a little bit less of a, you know, prestigious or... I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Probably not as, like, many entries, but some of the, like, um, Black Library Weekenders or Horse Heresy oh, yeah, Weekenders, yeah, yeah, yeah. those sort of thing. A lot of the time when Forge World and Black Library do those events, they run a smaller, more general paint contest as well and have maybe a couple of categories and a best-in-show and, like little trophy where you get your on the web thing on the website or whatever. That sounded kind of weird. Get your pictures of your model on the website. Get your thing on the website. You can do that without going getting, to Europe. Getting <laughs> pictures of your miniature on the website is a little suggestive also, so that's why we that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> pictures of my Titan. What do you think about this? Is it Sharps? <laughs> For me, well, Dan's still talking about what he might And okay. So the main thing that I think I would, fun, um, yeah. I would get from yeah. an event like that yeah. is it would be really cool to, you know, go in and um, be able to do something that, like, I love the Black Library books. I love the Four Jeweled Miniatures. It's not just something that I would be painting to win a contest. It would be painting to do something really cool within that area that I love so much. That's and a good point to make, though, is you have to like what you're painting. Exactly, because I've done that before where I've painted um, miniatures that I expect to have a better chance of winning a contest where it's like, oh, this miniature is the best miniature of whatever X-Army that came out most recently. It's the new Nurgle Demon. And you don't want to paint Nurgle Demons, but it's Nurgle Demon, and Nurgle Demons do well. Yeah, so there were... That was definitely a problem that I had for a long time, was keeping up motivation for these contests. When I was painting things that I thought would win, and to styles that I thought would win, rather than something... Painting it my way, painting it my own... My own style, my own color schemes, my own techniques. So going to a Forge World event, and doing something... Or Black Library... And doing something um, like painting a horse heresy miniature 
and maybe perhaps even in a legion that I've never painted before. Like if there's a really cool character out of a story, what legion? What would you pick? You said doing, you threw that out there. Like doing there might an be early heresy, Lucius the Eternal, where he's all super pristine and pretty boy. <gasps> oh yeah, that'd be having awesome. this like glistening, perfect, pristine emperor's children with like the perfect hair and not a single scratch on his face. Would you do any like the slightly like pink accents on him? Like, with, like, some of the items, like, just that hint of he's gonna fall and slash? He would definitely have some pretty boy, like, uh, you know, bling on him and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He was definitely vain. He yeah. always was. Yeah. But, like, yeah, being able to do something like that, maybe put in a very subtle conversion or detail to link him to the future, you know, of the model. I stuff like that. I think you should do that. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. And I did start painting a uh, painting contest level Emperor's Children model way back in the day and never quite finished him. Oh, the bald guy with the power fist? Yeah, the old Game Stay Marine. Oh, man, the, that's yeah. really old. <laughs> so I always had him super close to finish. At the time, the stumbling block was I wanted to have the Emperor's Children pre-heresy, like, non-chaos um, shoulder pad. And there was no way to get that. Now you can just buy one. And now you can just buy a set of shoulder pads yep. and just throw out the other nine. <laughs> I think we can date this model by the fact that I remember explicitly one day Dan was complaining about how Imperial Purple bled through white. Yes, I highlighted it up. <laughs> oh, that's old! I like, he had you need to pick a new one. He had a checker pattern on a purple and white checker pattern on one of his shoulder pads. And the Imperial Purple kept bleeding through the white. And... I thought I had it, like, there was the thing where you could varnish it and then keep painting over top and it might not bleed. It did not work. Imper- Imperial Imperial Purple uh, <laughs> was what? That was Screw Top. Two era. paint sets ago? Three. That was Screw Three Top. Three paint era. sets ago. Jesus, that was a long time ago. Not even the Bolter Shell Flip Tops. It was Screw Top era. I actually have to yeah. admit, that was probably one of the best <laughs> purples I've ever had is Imperial Purple. I've used that But it leaches ton. through color, like, months yeah. after you've painted it. You put a layer over top, the purple will bleed through... Chemically, I don't even understand how that's a thing. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I think something like that, again, to push yourself. Like, I've never painted that almost non-metallic style power armor. Like, you've seen some of the games day. Like, super clean. Like, Darren uh, Latham kind of. Darren Latham style. Also, Joe Thomas. Thomas The guy, guy. The guy who crushed in the open category with his Marnius Calgar that looked like he was just sparkling on the showroom floor. Yep. Painting that in purple with Lucius the Eternal. They paint a clear coat on cool. without oh, using clear yeah. coat. Yeah. If that makes sense. So something like that would be really cool, because, like, I always love Space Marines. I love the backstory. It would be as much a narrative event as a Have you ever owned a 40k event. army that is not Space Marines? I, I've owned. He owned orcs. I've owned an orc army and painted a couple dozen of them. I own a Sisters of Battle army. I That's have, still power armor. True. Actually. I have owned Imperial Guard and painted, like, again, about ten of them. I've got Chaos Marines. Still power armor. <laughs> okay, but, so you've never owned anything other than Marines, and we'll skip out on the Imperial Guard. <laughs> but there was Orcs, too. And, at one and point, we'll skip out on the Orcs. I'm back in 2nd edition, I had some Eldar allies because I was a power gamer. <laughs> in 2nd Ed? Wow. Everybody in 2nd Ed was a power gamer. There was no option. But luckily... In 2nd Ed, you had Eldar. But luckily, the edition changed before I knew how to play the game, before I could actually... Power Follow game. through on my power gaming with my well, power tanks games. and Eldrad Ultrans and stuff like that. All you need is one Farseer and, and Dark I had Blood several. And Don't worry. We are on a tangent. A game. <laughs> yep. Ward. Tangent. Ward. Or oh, sorry, if you had anything to finish up with Dan. No, I think that's the main thing. Is, it? <laughs> <laughs> is that you are a power game in second ed? That was the takeaway. That is exactly from where our I was painting going. competition. Exactly where I was going with this. Uh, painting competitions for me. I I don't have anything like lined up for like this year. Uh, I got the relative go ahead to go to more gaming events next year. 
So you got the go ahead from the the wifi from the government. From the government. <laughs> yeah, I call her the government. She takes <laughs> she, she takes a bunch of my money and yeah. So does you that know. mean you could call her the man? No, the government. <laughs> she does. She takes a bunch of his money, about fifty percent. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, I, like I, got, I got the relative like thumbs up to go to more events next year. So LVO, uh, but they don't really do. They do. They do. They do do a painting. Company. Is it a Crystal Brush sponsored one? Yes. Yeah, because uh, they have the Road to Crystal Brush. I believe it's called. They right? do, and they also they have the name of the actual event is. Oh, it's escaping me now. Um, look forward to the show notes. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but they do have that Road to Crystal Brush thing, and it's named for our, uh, they have an actual name for that competition, and we'll figure it out. Okay, yeah, so, like, something along those lines would probably be the timeline that I'm looking at, which would be okay, too, considering, like, how fast I'm a, a painter and uh, giving me more time for those painting con- contests. Um, probably Golden Goblin uh, as well, then, kind of work my way through What's that. Golden Goblin? The Golden Goblin we mentioned is the local the Kingsway tournament. Kingsway. Okay. Did we mention that? Did we, we mention talk me a few minutes? I was I was gone through that. Sorry, <laughs> I actually went upstairs while we were there. Uh, sorry, continue on. Continue on. You did. You did yep. go upstairs. Um, so that it would just depend on like the timeline between LVO and the Golden Goblin because that's the timeline. Those are pretty close together. Those they both are. around February, aren't yeah. they? End of February, yeah. So and then. Uh, Adepticon and Gen Con, possibly. Adepticon. You can do Adepticon as well? Adepticon oh, actually well, hosts the Crystal Brush as yeah, a side Yeah, note. so yeah. I don't know if I would be That's going a big to one. that, but I do want to go to one of those hopefully big events next year. So Holy. Got big plans. I'm saving my pennies. Ripping open that couch. <laughs> Before no, you sell that couch, it's still on Kijiji. Shameless plug. No, she wants to take it off now. She's like, I want to keep this couch now. And I'm just like, oh my god, you are so frustrating right now. <laughs> call, call your friends. Move your brush in. What do you mean, call my friends? I told you, call your friends to move the couch because I'm not going to move it. So, but that's right, not before this go. becomes full on like marriage counseling. <sighs> um, how does that else? make you feel? <laughs> as long as I'll move the couch if I can. I, no, I don't, I don't want you to tell me. <laughs> if, I was making a bad psychology I, joke. If I get to when go men to gym, ask, how does that make you feel? We really don't care about the yeah, answer. If I get to go to gym, <laughs> how was your day today, hon? We're already thinking about sports. If I get to go to Gen Con, uh, I'll move that couch. <laughs> sports, sports. Okay, Steve, what about you? I actually have no plans because, again, I think I've said this before, I have actually never entered a what I would consider a serious, um, large-scale, single-fig painting competition. Um, then interest what? I, I would actually be more in line with that. I would, I would actually really like to enter a squad Wraith Guard. Um, I f- enjoy painting them. I would do that in a second. Um, but my idea of painting competition has always been around painting an army because I've always been in this for the gaming. Like one of the things I think we've mentioned in previous podcasts is I got into uh, gaming specifically because I used to do um, military models. Like I did, you know, your typical jets, like a 14 Tomcat, the Hornets, that kind of thing. But they never got to you. You finished one, and then they just sat there. They didn't do anything. So my you could hang them from the ceiling with dental floss. I actually did that Me with too. all of I with <laughs> mine was fishing line because it was clear. So I was you know on a different level than you. I think at some point I upgraded. <laughs> Maybe when I was around nine. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly my experience of it as well. In fact, some of my old models are actually on the shelf right there. Um, Whereas mine, I'm sure, are rotting away in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the ones that I did with my dad. So that's the only reason they kept around. Um, but yeah, no, I've always been uh, into the, the gaming component because you could take those models that were fun to build and 
do cool stuff with and then play a game with them. So my painting component's always been around the gaming component. So it's always finish an army, play a game with it, um, then also do the painting component. Wouldn't it be nice if Armies on Parade was still a thing that you could get qualified for the national level game stay that you might feasibly travel to? But Armies on Parade, though, that was the thing about it. Is it, it was a single 2x2 two two tile, and it was usually well, very... Maximum. Maximum two by two tile, but it was a very small army. Like they didn't allow you to do. I, I actually, you know what? I'm totally talking to my ass here because you could do as big of an army as you want, but people did very, very small armies. Yeah, a lot of times people would do bare minimum so that they could obviously spend more time yeah. and spend more time on the display board and the individual models, and not just paint like 500 clan rats. Which is which is kind of a uh, cop out in my opinion. When you're playing for armies on parade, it should be it an wasn't army. a real army. Yeah. No, and I, that's one of the things that I always looked at is like, oh, you're doing a uh, tyrannid army, and it would be like a bunch of lictors and gene stealers, maybe 20 of them ambushing 10 space marines, and it's like that's not an army on parade. That's just a diorama. That's a squad on a gigantic board. Hey, it's yeah. technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. It is, it is. <laughs> Plus five bureaucrat points for Tom. <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode of Futurama. So, Steve, um, maybe something worth doing then is picking a character model for an army that you're planning on working on for a tournament. So that's one of the things. I've always wanted to do that, but never have. I actually planned on doing uh, Dante for my... Uh, Imperial or my Imperial Knights and Blood Angel allies. Mm-hmm. I plan on him doing as a, uh, doing a, him up as a character model and doing that cool conversion because he's actually got that conversion going on right now. Yep, he got dry brushed because I wanted to finish the, the army. Happened. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's the thing is is I've never sat down to finish a single character model. The only the closest thing I would say to that uh, to that sort of style of painting would probably be my Wraith Knights. Should we do a challenge then? Should we do... Let's pick a category. Hey, you know LVO. what? Listen, shut People up. People in, in glass shut houses up. shouldn't throw stones. No, no, this is what I'm saying. This this will motivate painting me. Painting competition. No, no. Yeah, between me and you. Because the plan I is I finish a character model and you finish an army? Shut the hell up and let me finish. Okay. <laughs> we're both planning on going to LVO, correct? Yep. Let's choose a category. Each enter a model. Okay, no, no, I don't want to do that to you. have, like, nine months. I don't want to do that to you. I'll enter a model, for sure. I have no problem with that. I'd actually do that squad of Wraith Guard. (laughs) That would be my squad entry. Well, no, we'll choose a category, and we'll both make sure we enter at least that category. 40k squad, I'll do my Wraith Guard. I'm totally into that. Okay, you want 40k squad, okay? All right. I challenge you not to do a single model. Do an army to the point where you can play it. (laughs) Well, Ooh, I like this. So you need to have an army that you can go play with, and you need to do a single figure. Because that's both outside of your realm of comfort. Yeah. Actually, it is. And a lot more work for Ward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said to the point where he can play it. He can do three-color minimum. No, he can't. No, he, I, no, I, he no, no. can. He and can. then he'll reprime it when he gets home. He can't do that, <laughs> but he can from the rules of this competition. To be fair, you could enter a three-color minimum model. No, no, mine has to be the... I'm going to say mine has to be the best of my ability outside of my comfort zone the first time I've ever entered a serious painted competition. Okay. That's not a local GW competition. Sure. Okay, let's... Well, we'll also choose LVO categories and go from there. Okay, but you have to finish an army. I don't think you want to hear you're processing this. You need but to finish an be, army. It could be finishing up your Kador. Could be. Could be finishing up... Uh, you know what, Infinity, Infinity Warband. My Infinity. Yeah. You know what he's been talking about for, for LDO, though? What? Imperial Fists. He'll never we'll, get them done. We'll see what the new codex is. Maybe I'll just have to paint one. I Even a Zone Mortalis army? A Zone Mortalis army I would be I would be okay with. <coughs> if you is did there a Zone Mortalis event at LBO? 
don't know. Sure. Maybe. We could <laughs> just go play on the floor in the corner. Even if I paint the answer is yes. models for Zone Mortalis, I'll be able to use them into a 40k army. Okay, that's fair. If you finish up a Zone Mortalis army... Oh, a Zone Mortalis army, though, you can finish that up in... Well, no, now, now you're changing the story. 500 points? That's a reasonable amount if you want to say it's a 500-point army for him to paint that has to fit within that force or I'm just saying mechanic. we should each we should choose a category for the LVO we should both enter it and then give our feedback on it just our both of our experiences I got I have a, this I have a phenomenal plan really wish. I have a yeah, phenomenal Jesus. plan okay no no, no, no we have a plan we have a plan here's the deal you're going to finish up an army that will ally with my knights you can bring my knights down and play in the tournament all you have to do is uh, uh 625 points i think all right sure whatever there you go Okay, so uh, <laughs> that kind of wraps up us talking about painting competitions that we're looking at going to and what we've got from them. Actually, oh. <laughs> just as um, by way of a bit of a wrap-up, I wanted to give a little bit more information for those who might be curious more about these events and just like a quick rundown of where they're located, what time of the year they run, that sort of a thing. That's almost reasonable, Dan. It's, uh, yeah, and it's almost like I texted Stop you it, you're thinking. this information and you forgot about it. But Crystal Bash <laughs> takes place at Adepticon generally in March. It was March this year. And that is in Chicago. So that's the one. Crystal Brush is a $10,000 prize and all that good stuff. Adepticon's one of the but biggest Adepticon gaming events is, in the world. Absolutely. It is by far one of the biggest uh, gaming events that you could possibly go to. Like pretty much every manufacturing game system you can imagine, there's something going on. If you're remotely it. interested in 40K, go and do the team tournament. And Chicago is a pretty cool place. It's in March, so you would still get... It's also a very cool Black place. Hawks. You would get the We Black might Hawks. even get good Blackhawk Oilers. It's in March, so you'll <laughs> also be in a very cool place, if you know what I mean. The Windy City? Oh my god, apparently Chicago is insanely cold in the winter. <laughs> Alright, good to know. I've never been. Worse than here with the piercing wind off the lake. Alright. but <laughs> So that's, that's Crystal Brush at Adepticon. Uh, the Golden Demon... That seems to be, again, a standard, or sorry, not a standard, a standalone event at Warhammer World, which is in Nottingham, UK. The one for this year is scheduled for August 1st, and again, that's with the, the tank theme, and there there will be a competition um, like information pack forthcoming. There's a placeholder for it on the page, yeah. and you know, stay posted for more information, because there's a lot of people clamoring for yeah, that. Yeah, their information's super cryptic. You probably want to check back on that one frequently. And there is uh, also a Forge World Open Day happening at Warhammer World, same location, Nottingham, UK. And that is going to be July 5th. And um, so that is, again, one of those events where they're going to have the seminars and the previews of, like, months of uh, upcoming models. And you can pre-buy things that aren't going to come out separately for a long time. In addition to them generally having a painting competition and uh, Best in Show Award and all that sort of a thing. So those would be some of the uh, the big name events. And lock and load if you know you're going to be in the yep. area. It's under a month from now, but it's the going to be on June fifth, sixth, and seventh, and that's going to be happening in Bellevue, oh, wow. which is just outside of Seattle and Washington. That's a lot sooner than I thought. Actually, I thought it was. Energy. Yeah, I gotta get yeah. off my ass. <laughs> on that get note, yourself a passport, son. Yeah, it's working on it. It's, it's <laughs> it'll be there in time. But, uh, so yeah, do you happen to know if tickets are still available for that? I have no... I, I think tickets are still available, but if you're wanting to play in any of the specific tournaments, they've been sold out. A lot of, the, yeah, yeah, a lot of these larger events, like your Adepticon, your Gen Con, that sort of a thing, the second you sign up and buy tickets, you uh, can book for most of the events before they fill up, because they will fill up. Yeah, same thing so with the So that's general advice for a lot of these events. The painting competitions, generally, you don't have to pre-register for, but if you're going for gaming and tournaments... 
by all means, look into that and get yourself booked as soon as possible while the spots are still available. Absolutely. I do have to say, if you're going to uh, lock and load, you're in Seattle, you can watch the Mariners. That's a reason to go. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why not? I'd rather watch the Marlins, but that's just me. That's Florida? The, are you can are you trying to like upset me here? Or is this what's going on? Are you making me mad? Okay, we'll talk about this off air because this okay. is totally I'm confused. Irrelevant. I'm, I'm um, quite upset now. I have a feeling we're not talking baseball anymore. Well, we are. Okay. The Marlins are on the direct opposite side of the United States. Yeah, absolute furthest away corner. Anyways, so one of the things that we were I'm talking confused. about before um, we started recording today was the fact that there are no. Not really as many local painting competitions anymore. Oh, I'm so excited about this. I think, Dan, you had something you want to say about this. Yeah, this is something that I've been kind of thinking about for a long time, and especially because there's a pretty catchy name that we can attach to it, but something I've wanted to do for a while now since we started with the podcast is a hobby day in Canada, something along the lines of like a regional-ish, like hobby-focused event, something that could have a substantial uh, painting contest element to it, and we can get it judged by whether it's a combination of ourselves, some of the other Golden Demon winning um, artists that we happen to know. So we would have a painting competition, we could have painting seminars, we could have demo tables, we could have small tournaments be run, any combination of these things. So that's something that we are looking to potentially put together, and we would love to hear your feedback, ideas, and uh, that sort of thing. And We've already got some phenomenal ideas. Uh, I want to. Uh, Ian has given us a, a really good idea for who well, can that's, paint the. That's for us. Who can paint <laughs> the best drunk? Uh, which I'm really excited about. I think we would have a lot of fun with that one. We we're going to do that as a video, but it, if you guys really want to see it. <laughs> so we need to have a decent amount of encouragement for this to happen live. We would have a Hobby Night in Canada. Only. I can Just tell you right now, us, painting whilst drunk. I can tell you right now, everybody at Onslaught was into this. There was like <laughs> at least like sixty people that were like, "I would pay a dollar to see that." So sixty dollars. We have at least sixty dollars. What I'm perfect. trying to say. That'll cover perfect. like a third of our booze. Yeah, perfect, fantastic. <laughs> um, no, I think this would be a lot of fun. We could do a bunch of um, like one-on-one seminars kind of thing. We could do some of that where you know we have different strengths. We can sort of. Mike can, yeah, we can talk about dry brushing. Techniques. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the we'll, master. The master can talk about his skill set. Um, <laughs> we can. Ward can show you how to properly clean a space marine. Oh my god! Well, I will buy you the tool from GW, the forty dollars mold line tool, so you can properly do a clinic on this. I don't know if I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I, I want, want that. To <laughs> happen. We all want that. <laughs> And yeah, so I think this would be a lot of fun. We could get together for a uh, a day at a community hall or something like that, and uh, have a, a few wobbly pops, a few painting seminars, and some gaming, and then a an evening of painting well intoxicated. So the fundamental thing for this is that it's not just going to be another tournament day. We don't want this to be just. Well, I think there's no tournaments. We're not going to run a tournament. Exactly, but we do. We don't want to necessarily exclude the option of gaming. No, so come in and play a game if you want. Yeah, so there will be open tables. If you guys want to run, what they call in War Machine is like a scramble, where if eight people get together at lock and load and there's the open tables, they can just run a little mini tournament, and they do that themselves. A lot of different conventions for War Machine will have these scrambles. So we'll oh, potentially cool. I like have that. four or five tables for whatever game systems are set up. So if you guys want to come in and run scrambles, 
um, for those systems to play it out and have some fun while you're waiting for seminars or for the the voting for the painting competitions or whatever. We'll have that kind of stuff potentially open to you if that's what you'd like. Give us some feedback. Ward, what is our email address? Email us at hobbynightincanada at gmail.com with uh, any suggestions for this or any other topics you'd like to see on further episodes. That address is almost like it's our name. It's pretty easy. Hobbynightincanada at gmail.com. No spaces. I think this would be a huge amount of fun to do in the middle of the summer and would be just awesome. Like a late August? Just yeah. Before the school year? Absolute heat of the summer. People coming in, having a few drinks, and hanging out with our fans. All right. Well, that puts a little bit of time pressure on us. So uh, who knows? Maybe we'll work with that timeline, and we will certainly keep you guys posted. That's at least a couple months in the future. We're fine. <laughs> we got this. Yeah, it will be fine. Okay. We've had literally like an hour and a half to think about this. So We all got a little... We, we tend to do this. We get a little excited, and then we just want to do it now. Yeah. Absolutely. So, let's, let's go with it. Sounds good. <laughs> so, unless there's anything else worth mentioning, this has been another episode of Hobbinate in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. And I'm Steve. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And paint your models for competitions now. <laughs>